This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus to Canton. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And you know, today we're just going to do a little bit of open discussion. We're just going to talk about stuff that's on top of our heads, been on our mind. Just a little bit relaxed type of conversation with my buddy, Corey, here. But first, <laughs> Corey with the news. Yeah, so we'll start off by heading to Texas, where we had uh, a really bad blow to a rising draft prospect in Texas running back Jonathan Brooks. Who had a confirmed torn ACL. Uh, tough blow to this guy. He was he was really seeing that draft stock rise. Number one running back for Dane Brugler, we just talked about last week. Going to be interesting to see if he enters uh, the draft, you know, with this late ACL tear, if he's going to return, you know. We should get to see a little bit more C.J. Baxter down the stretch, which should be a nice peek at him and possibly seeing what's going to be coming in the future. Um, more injury news as we head over to Houston where wide receiver Matthew Golden is having season ending surgery on a foot. And that thing's been really bugging him all season. Hasn't been the season that we had hoped to see from him, but that foot's really been an issue. So hopefully next year he can come back strong and really look like that guy that we saw in that freshman season. Uh, more injury news where we head to Miami freshman quarterback, Emery Williams. He's gotten the chance to start over the last two weeks. Uh, he's looked okay, but suffered an injury in this most recent game is now going to miss the remainder of the season. So back to Tyler Van Dyke for these last final games. And then more quarterback news over at Arizona state where Jane Rashada is practicing again. Um, he could still technically play two more games and retain his red shirt. So we might see him play a little more down the stretch here. Um, and guys, be sure to head over to the website at campusdecanton.com where you can become a member with many of our uh, subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides, weekly CFF projections, advanced metric tools, and our brand new C2C winning edge. That thing is going to keep you up to date on all the school depth charts, statistical projections, the returning production throughout the ups, uh, throughout the upcoming offseason as well. So make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts and the YouTube channel, and make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the YouTube channel every Saturday morning to make sure you're catching our pre-show in the morning called The Tailgate. Uh, the guys are going to be going through start-sick questions during this crazy playoff time now, keeping you guys up to date on all the news heading into the games, going over some betting tips as well. And we're all still going to be giving you a little Debbie preview every Saturday morning as well. So make sure you guys are keeping it locked with Campus to Canton to help guide you guys through the season. A lot of injury news this week, Corey. That really sucks. Um, I have never heard anyone get injured while wearing a home field apparel shirt. And you guys, <laughs> I haven't either. Shot. I know stats never don't heard. lie. Yeah, <laughs> those numbers don't lie. I'll tell you that. Love analytics over here. Back to Debbie. <laughs> and to add to those numbers, we got another number for you. That's fifteen percent off. Fifteen percent off your first purchase at Home Field Apparel. This is your vintage retro athletic gear from your favorite universities, not just football, but other sports too, as well as hockey. 15% off with the promo code campus, the number two in Canton at home field apparel. Go and get those shirts, guys. Don't get hurt. Stay safe out there. Open discussion. Uh, I, the first question I have here written down are just like guys that we're coming around on. Cause I, you know, I, I think I, I can be stubborn. I think, I think I can be stubborn. I think I can be stubborn too. Yeah, definitely. I can, <laughs> I can uh, hold a grudge against some guys for reasons that are unknown to me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when I put out that poll asking the people if they knew what Debbie stood for because it was short. And I like it's like, you know, I was like, jokes are encouraged in the comments. There's a lot of jokes in the comments about like take lock. And I was like, damn, that's what people view as the Debbie community. Yeah. Um, it's it's true though. There's a there is a lot of take lock out there. It's hard, it's hard to let go. And actually, that's why I love like the year one zero three theory, which is like really allowed us to kind of like hop off those guys so quickly now as compared to in the past where we can help, well, maybe it'll happen this year. It'll happen this year. So this new theory being pushed is it really helped in that area. Yeah, you fall in love with your guy too. Like it's kind of hard. Like yeah. the, the story, their moms were retweeting your stuff about their kids out of high school. You gotta <laughs> stick with it, dude. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm coming around on I am coming around on Lad McConkley, the Georgia wide receiver. Uh, I'm just going to start saying sorry to Felix. I make memes about him. I, in my defense, he's very memeable. You can make a lot <laughs> of memes about Felix. Uh, but, you know, I did mock and ridicule him for Lad McConkley. I'm coming around on him. I've mentioned the last couple of weeks about how the slot receiver class is interesting to me. But I, I think Lad's a pretty good mover. I just, I don't know. Like, I struggle with some of these guys. Like, he plays inside, outside. I don't know if he can do that at the next level. But I, I definitely struggle with. Like, are they Braxton Berrios, or are they going to be like Hunter Renfro, Kyle Phillips, or are they going to be <laughs> just just like Debbie Debate? Dude? I'm gonna start like listing off all like the white spot guys and just start racial <laughs> yeah. profiling. Uh, but like, uh, yeah. you know, or Julian Edelman, it feels like a lot of it's like coaching scheme related, and that kind of sucks. So, um, and I also don't like those prospects. 
like coming into the NFL. Like if, if they land in spots, like they only have a Bill Belichick, there's nothing there. Like there's no there's no wide receiver room and at the Patriots. So pretty much almost anybody at the heartbeat I'll probably be somewhat interested in. But um Lad McConkey though, like he looks like a pretty good mover. I'm not gonna lie. He looks very good as a mover, he looks like a very good athlete. Um I have to watch his hands more. For some reason I want to say he's like a body catcher. I need to watch more of that though. Uh so Besides that, though, I think he's a little set six foot. I bet he's like 5'11, so I don't really care about his height. But <laughs> yeah, I haven't come around Lab McConkley. I think he's like a late day two guy. Like, definitely on the fringe. I don't think he's like a top 10. He's definitely not. He's definitely not around a second rounder to me, but I, I think he can be a like a third rounder or fourth. I don't think he goes much later than that. I'm interested. But like, have you like looked like at like his stash? Like, his stashies aren't like really flashy either. You just like, no, but I mean, playing at Georgia, you're never really going to have flashy stat sheets either, though. I mean, like, he's, he's clearly the preferred target when he is on the field. And it's, it's been actually pretty good, like, as of late, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he's had some pretty decent games here. I know, I think I've seen played against him in some playoffs recently here, but he's actually, I think, too, like, I was watching him just recently. Uh, just to get a little brush up, he's maybe faster than I gave him credit for. Like, there's times where he's like against. I think it was the, the Florida game where he's actually like pulling away a little bit at times. Where I'm like, yeah. I didn't realize like he even had that kind of speed in him. But he is more of like your your craftier guy. That maybe the athleticism isn't like isn't like all world at that, especially at the next level where all the guys are going to be better. He's going to, he might have to win with being a little bit more craftier with finding holes, you know, the Adam Thielen type, if you want to stick to like the white receiver spectrum, maybe, we've, maybe he's more of like an Adam Thielen, right? But I think that would be your hope, but there, there is that floor. There's that floor that he could be more of like your Kyle Phillips or more like any of those other guys that you listed off. But um, for my guy that I'm kind of getting in on here, Maybe a little bit of a capo, but I mean, it's true. I'm coming back in on him after being a guy that I almost written off for dead, and that's LSU quarterback Jane Daniels. I mean, high-ranking prospect, flashed major potential as a freshman, like ne- just never really took those steps forward that we wanted to see uh, at Arizona State for like three years he was there. But I will say, like, when I when I look at this LSU venture, like, for the past two years, a little bit more, like, he's kind of had, like, a, like a maturation process, I'd say, like, coming over to LSU, like – he took a step back his first year, like became that very safe quarterback, uh, relied on his legs a lot. Didn't take many shots downfield. That was one thing we always harped on him about, like a lot of low A dot stuff. So mentally he became safer, which was probably good for him in the long run. Cause then this year he's pairing it with that flash that we saw as a freshman and the development over the past year. And now, I mean, after being one of like the quarterbacks with like, the lowest big time throw rate last year, he's second in the power five in big time throws with 27. Um, his ADOT is the highest of his career. His touchdown passes have almost doubled for many of his years. Uh, he's having the most efficient season he's had through the year, highest completion percentage. I mean, I was watching even like old clips, like, like uh, from Arizona back in the day, the growth, even in his throwing motion, this is a guy who like threw like, like his, his lower half didn't engage. Now you're seeing it kind of come through. Like he looks mechanically more sound and I still don't know if he's a guy that like goes to his reads consistently enough before he likes to play schoolyard ball and like break outside. And that's something I want to look at a little bit closer. Once I get like my hands on some all 22 and that starts coming up, but we already know he has the athleticism to be like mobile. He's got the arm uh, all to all three levels of the field. It's just getting to the point where this season is getting hard to ignore. And I kind of brushed it off early, but like, he's really catching my attention lately. Like, like firmly like to me, even might even be in the quarterback three race. You know, I'm not. I'm not against that. Like, I, I can see that. I like. I, I mean, we said. I think I said it a few weeks ago too in the Slack. Like, he looks pretty improved, and I, yeah. I think the guys on every debate highlighted his deep ball accuracy. I do remember that, like his profile. Now, I wasn't watching high schoolers. This is like what I read from guys at our site. Like his profile out of high school was having that cannon of an arm, and I just certainly never saw that for sure, at, like Arizona or at LSU until this year. Um. So I, I I'm with you and. He's not a true dual threat, but like he can scramble. Like he's got wheels. He can scramble. Uh, so I, I, I'm with yeah. you. Like I think, I don't know, dude. I, the lack of like, pro, like progression for four years, though. Like people got to be asking questions. Like, like why couldn't he? Yeah. I don't know. Like, so I don't know how the NFL is going to perceive that portion of it. But and um, I brought this up too recently in our Slack. Like he, he wasn't well liked at Arizona. Like when he left, they trashed yes. the locker room, and and I don't. I, there was obviously beef between him and Keishon Boutte last year. We're gonna go ahead and write that off as Boutte's fault, but I still think like it's fine if you want to include that in your analysis. Like you don't know if he's a locker room guy. I think teams care about that, especially if you're gonna be a leader of the football team. So, um, not that I've seen any of that this year. I have not seen any of that this year at all whatsoever. So, 
Uh, another guy for me, though, um, J.J. McCarthy, we talked about him last week for the mock draft. Uh, and I kind of want to – I guess I'm probably going to talk about this in the – I'll talk about this a little bit later. But J.J. McCarthy, I'm coming around on only because, like, he hasn't disappointed, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of these guys on the list outside of – we just talked about Jaden Downs. It's the one guy's, like, stock up. Like, he definitely improved from last year. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these guys that we liked have kind of fallen off. Uh, but I, so I, I'm not like as opposed as I was before JJ McCarthy. Like I, I think I am coming around on the tools argument. I've always never really thought guys that just had tools as far as like the argument goes. Like Will Levis, like Will, you know, like I, I he's been kind of fine in the NFL. I don't know uh, this past week how people feel about him and watch that game. I haven't watched the condensed version of it, but like he. He was making throws. They're always late, just the way we saw in college. He had the arm strength to get it there late, and he didn't look comfortable in the pocket when he was collapsing on him. So, yeah, all the same. A lot of retreating backwards. A lot of a lot of the same things that we picked apart in. And it's funny because of all the victory laps that we run on Will Levis after that like four touchdown game. And I was like, he did the exact same things we saw in college. That arm just bailed him out that game. Just watch what happens over the like the next couple of games. Okay, it's like not going to kiss defense too. Like it's whatever. yeah. yeah. So like I, I kind of come around the tools argument. He's like, you look at the NFL and you're like, well, Desmond Ritter's got a job there somehow, and yeah. he was like a, a third rounder. And I thought Desmond Ritter was like, I don't think I don't think Ritter even has the tools. I, I didn't even think he had that. So. I guess I'm coming around more on like these mid round QBs kind of mattering more if they have like the tools, like they're going to get their opportunity, like they're developmental. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I've been coming around more on like toolsy quarterbacks. Maybe I'm undervaluing them. Certainly think everyone overvalue them, but I think I've been undervaluing the tools. And that's the reason why I've been coming around JJ McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, there's like a, there's like a happy medium there in a, in a way. I mean, cause you, then you'd look at guys like Brock Purdy who are like, the experience is probably what's got him where he is now, right? Or like a Kirk Cousins, like, you know, like the experience overall and not the tools has got them like where they yeah. are. So like, or like Aiden O'Connell's got a starting job right now. Is that because of his tools? Like probably not. Yeah, so there's probably like a, yeah, there, I guess that's that too. But there's a hat there. There feels like there's a happy medium there to kind of analyze both in a sense. But um, it, I've always been like a tools guy. You know, like a lot of guys are even, you know, we'll talk about Drew Aller probably in a little bit. A lot of guys are even low on what they're seeing from him. But I still think, you know, this guy's got a couple more years of development still. And all the tools are there that you want to see in like a high ranking prospect quarterback for the NFL that you could picture the NFL just loving and in a place that where the NFL is going to love it always looking. It just, it makes me think that like his future is bright just based on like those tools. So I get sucked into it too, where I'm thinking that and maybe uh, I'm almost thinking the opposite where I need to focus more on the more of the bad parts because I always get sucked into these tools a lot and I, sometimes I, it can get you in trouble. I think the number one thing I care about is processing. Like if they can process yeah. the field and like process defenses, like the IQ portion of it is what I definitely have always cared more about. And that's which I think yeah. we've seen from JJ McCarthy more this year. Like I, I said it before. Well, I like I think that. I think I think I've seen him playing more from the pocket this year. I you still see that that hip schoolyard ball come on him where he wants to go to the pocket and extend the play. And I don't think you're ever going to work that out of him. But I've seen him step up in the pocket. I've seen him read the defense a little better this year. And the the only thing I'll say about him is like. I don't like that they they took the ball out of his hands essentially last game. You know, maybe <laughs> it was just it because, I mean, yeah, maybe it's just because like the running game was working and it was it wasn't working great. They weren't like super explosive, but the but they were picking up chunk yards and and it was enough to keep going that way. But I mean, they they took the ball out of his hand. It would have been nice to just see him, you know, play well against a tough defense. If the offensive court, if who's ever calling plays, is going to decide that it's safer to run than to let your QB throw, it's not like a first round NFL QB quarterback thing. You know, like if, if that's going to be the continued game plan, like it's fine to do it once. But if this is how they do it against like Ohio State, which they have coming up in two weeks, like, mm-hmm. like it's this is not a first round QB if you don't trust your QB in these type of games like that. So I, I, yeah, it's fine. Like this week is fine. It certainly wasn't like a resume builder like he, i don't know dude he hasn't proven anything like, i don't really want to sit here and say he improved yeah. since like last year i still think he's the same guy as last year but not because like i i just i don't know i i think if you're a qb that has like eight seconds to throw you should be able to do whatever you want with that football and it look good like i think that's like an expectation if you have time to throw you should be making perfect throws like that should be like an nfl like prerequisite it, it's also really hard to stay in a 
constant throwing game script when your defense is just locking down guys all the time. Like there's nobody giving them a, like a hard enough time for him to have to kind of come out of his shell and be. Hopefully that's what we'll see versus. Uh, excuse me. Hopefully that's what we'll see versus Ohio State a little bit, like a little bit more of a shootout from them, and maybe they'll ask them to do a little bit more to actually win the game in that case. Yeah, I would like to see like two shootouts. Yeah, I would. I would like to see that. So I, I anyway, uh, coming around on JJ McCarthy's potential because I've been pretty yeah not into even the potential most because of Michigan, but like just we'll see. We'll see these next couple of weeks. We will see. I'm pretty excited to find out the answer to this. I'm pretty sure I'm right <laughs> in the end. But um another quarterback that we don't really talk about enough, I don't think, is Carson Beck and his stock up. Uh, we had talked about it during the mock draft thing. We were big fans of him coming out of the spring. We talked about how how clean his mechanics were, how good of a processor he was, but like it was he was kept clean the whole time. Didn't know how he was going to do against pressure. Certainly struggled the start of the year, but the last, I think, like four or five weeks, he's been like phenomenal. Like, he's been great. Like, deep balls, like, not like amazing, but like, I I think Carson Beck next year should be first round discussions. And he's been like throwing strikes the last couple of weeks. I did think that he started a little bit slow. And maybe, you know, it's a first year starter. There's jitters that he kind of has to get through. And then they kind of like, there were some games, even they were turning to the running game a little bit more. Like, they tried to let him throw like the first half. And then I remember them just relying on the running game the second half just because he just wasn't really doing exactly what they what they wanted him to do. But he's looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. He's using everybody as well. He's hitting multiple targets and he's doing the things we, we saw back in the spring, which was going through his progression, sitting in the pocket, not being phased uh, by pressure, like trusting his offensive line, stepping upwards in the pocket. Like he's doing a lot of those clean mechanic things that we wanted to see. Uh, I still want to see him face, you know, a little bit more adversity and hopefully we'll see that coming down the line here. Um, you know, once we get into, into playoff football here. But um, other than that, I think he's starting to check all those boxes we thought he could check at the beginning of the year. Do you think he would become like, all right, how about today? Like today, the NFL draft is tomorrow. Do you think he's a better prospect than Mac Jones? Probably not because Mac Jones had all those accolades that year. So if you're looking at the complete prospect profile, I think they'd probably say it's Mac Jones. Like I just like you're saying at this point right now, where we are right now, I, pre, I I'm sure that like 31 out of 32 NFL teams would tell you Mac Jones was a better prospect at this point right now. But that doesn't mean like, especially with the fact that like I don't think Carson Beck is going to come out this year. I really don't. I think yeah. he stays another year. We've talked about that a bunch of times, and then so we're talking about another year of development and the 2025 class where that class is a lot less, uh, like a lot more questions at least are at the, at the top. Like we don't really know who's going to be the guys. We don't really know even who's in the race right now, like like confirmed in the race right now. He could really step up in there and and, and play really well on the team that he's going to get so much attention being looked at himself there. Like he could really do well for himself by staying another year and entering that class. I, I really like, I think Corey does too. I think we both really like, like this middling, like mid-round tier of, of QBs this year. Like last year it was like, Clayton Toon, Aiden O'Connell. I can't think of anybody else, honestly. I just remember, I just remember I liked Clayton Toon somewhat. But, like, I think this year is, like, middle. Like, if everyone that's eligible to come out comes out. Like, I, I like this tier a lot. Like, Jane Daniels, uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, Carson Beck. I still, I'm still a fan of Will Howard. I think Will Howard is, is like, a, an early day three type of guy. Like, I like him, too. Like, I, I a lot better the last couple of weeks, too. He, dude, he was kind of cooking against te- – I actually, like, I turned off the first – like, at the second half of Texas, like, when I was watching it live and then went back to watch condensed version. He was cooking. And his, like, interception, yeah. too, was, like, Caden Fegan, like, tip-drilled it to the DB. Like, it was, like – it was ridiculous. It was a terrible – not Caden Fegan, excuse me. Keegan Johnson, like, gave it to the DBs. I was pretty upset about that. I was like, that's – Yeah, I was surprised you corrected you, yourself there. I was just I was just going to let it go again. And then you. I was just like, oh, oh, dude, yeah. Comments on me in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just leave them anyways. But um, you know, speaking of that 2025 class, we we're just talking about. You know, Shader Sanders is confirmed to be going over there, and I, like, I didn't think I'd be saying it early on, but I, I am kind of coming around on him. Like, uh, we can pick apart all the bad parts, like uh, the pocket presence, um, the lack of uh, of ability to feel the pressure at times, the longer wind up at times, but. Uh, he has the one thing you can't teach, and that's like that's the arm talent. Like he's dropping passes into into buckets. Um, he's giving it a harm's way too. Like really nice ball placement. Only three interceptions for a guy who's thrown almost four hundred and thirty times already. Only one point seven turnover worthy plays, and that's like to me that's due to him putting the ball in a place where it's you know you constantly hear people say it. it's either my guy gets it or nobody gets it, and he does that like pretty well. Like. Uh, 
now that and you know now that's generally confirmed he's going to be coming back next year uh he steps into that fairly thin quarterback race we were just talking about has another year to progress on those things that we nitpick and stuff but you know i also want to see him like add a little bit of weight but then the team around him hopefully that gets a little bit better as well they become a little more competitive but he's got a lot of buzz right now man a lot of eyes on him i have him right now in my like upper 20s for for quarterbacks and he's just like progressively been rising because i just think i think he does a lot of things well and i'm i'm now that i know he's coming back i'm willing to give him that that year to show me a little bit more on the things that we don't like Shader Sanders or Bo Nix? Sure. Shader Sanders, I think I have in front of him right now. All right. I got him. I got him at 30 and 31 together. Um, oh, I got him at 25 and 26. I actually have Bo Nix ahead by one spot. Same year. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't like Shader. <laughs> um, but uh, just fast forward next year, uh, excluding the top end guys, let's just say like Carson Beck, Shader, and Quinn Ewers. Which one, which one would you want out of those three? Oh my god! Right now, why are you doing yeah. that to me? That's, that's yeah. If you're doing a, if you're doing one of PJ's midseason drafts where he takes advantage of people for not knowing, do we think Quinn Ewers takes the step necessary next year to really be that I guy? I think all think three of these guys need to take a step on probably actually the long ball, probably <laughs> probably across. Yeah, the that's probably that's probably the biggest um, thing out of all of them. But I don't know if all hit their ceiling. If all of them if hit all, their ceiling, it would be Quinn. I but like, yeah, yeah I, I think wanna, it's I Quinn. Yeah, I think there. if all hit their ceiling, yeah, it's Quinn. Yeah, that's got to be it. It's a cop out answer, really. But whatever. Who's who's last in that group? How about that? If that's easier for you, like, who would you like be like? No, nah, I don't want this one out of the three. I don't know. It's probably got to be Shadur right now. Okay. Yeah, it probably just has to be because because I think Carson Beck is further along with processing and reading the field and reading defenses, which I think is going to give him a better avenue to the NFL than Shadur, who I still think gets draft capital and gets people to like him, but it's just once he gets there, is he going to be freaking Jamarcus Russell or is he going to be somebody who can actually read an NFL defense? I don't know. I still think Shadur's ball placement is excellent when he has time, but I yeah. think that's the only polite thing I can say about him. And I like Carson Beck a lot more as a processor. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Shudder's more of a product of the scheme than he is like talent. And I think Carson Beck has a little bit more individual. Talent. That's the whole thing. The, the, whole, the whole reason I'm coming around on him is just the arm talent. Everything else, like I think you can pick apart with Shudder right now. Okay. Well, hey, let's get on over to the, the slot wire super group. We've hidden at, we hinted at it the last two weeks. I, I like it's this receiver group, as in like the entire receiver group for this year's draft class. I, I think it's deep. Like, I think this is a deep and QB class, too. I think both of them are deep classes. Uh, Phil, like, ton of interesting names. If you're, like, one of those guys in your league, I know there's some out there. I, I got some in my home league. that You're just collecting, like, the third and fourth round of your rookie drafts. Um, I think, like, this could be, probably be a pretty good year for it. So, like, the slot wide receiver group we haven't talked about much is Lamb McConkley, which we just talked about. For me, I think he's a slot guy. But it, the other group, McCon- it's just McConkey. I don't know why you guys don't say there's no like L. There's no L. There's no L in there. No. Just thought I cared you now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Corey, you're such a good audience member when you smoke right before the show. (laughs) (laughs) You're just just trying to make me feel bad. Come on. (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. It's legal. You can do it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Ricky Pearsall, Xavier Restrepo, and Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson, I don't think he had a single catch this last week. So I don't know what um, the fuck happened there. Sorry. Probably seven attempts will do it to you. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, seven attempts. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so we just talked about Lad, but this next group, like Ricky Pearsall, who's been a really good safety blanket for Florida, has always been excellent in the short intermediate. Restrepo's been a mm. safety blanket. Roman Wilson's kind of been a guy that was like. I thought Jalen Hyatt esque, where like he kind a of a little more vertical up. to his game, yeah, a little more vertical element to his yeah. game than some of these other guys, maybe. Yeah, flashed his freshman year, ghost for like over a year, and then he like resurfaces, like he's alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I like Ricky Pearsall. Like I think he has phenomenal hands, especially for a guy his size. Like he's got like, like I, I think how I talked about Marvin Mims last year. I thought Marvin Mims was like a stretch slot, like you know, but I, I think Pearsall has like superb hands the way Marvin Mims had really good hands. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I have in my notes too. Is that and he made some ridiculous catches. There's that one-handed catch that he made, like a I can't remember which team it was against. Like, yeah, it was like freaking Odell Beckham style. Like, yeah. um, and he's not actually like a full-time slot guy, at least for Florida, which I was surprised. I thought he was for some reason. Maybe that's just because most of his production might come from there. I gotta probably check that out. But he is mostly he's actually closer to 50-50 than most of these names, which I thought and and has maintained um a double digit uh a dot through most of his career. He has like one year under double digit. I was like, I was kind of surprised at the profile. Like, and he's got some good size. Like, I don't know if I see like anything special here. Like, not a contested catch guy, um, not, not an overly twitchy guy, but like those show like some good running techniques, like a lot of head fakes, uh, a lot of fluid footwork. Like, it really uses those uses everything he has to his advantage that he can with like the athleticism he has. Cause I don't think he's like a burner or anything like that. And and, and like with those hands, like um I feel like there might be more here than just a guy who could be in a slot. Like, I feel like with the size and with some of the stuff I've seen him do against press, like, I think he could possibly be a guy who could spotlight on the outside. But I still think in the long run, he's probably just a depth wide receiver in the NFL. I'm not sure I see anything like crazy here for Debbie purposes, but I'm much more interested than I was at this time a year ago. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think you kind of nailed it there. Like, I don't. I think he's a better prospect than Kyle Phillips, for example. I do think he's better yeah. than Kyle Phillips. Um, I think one guy on this list, like if we want to get into him, is Xavier, Xavier Estrepo. Like I think if there we had a Kyle Phillips comp, that would be the one that I felt like was the most because that guy's like a pure slot guy, like ninety percent, a lot of screens, a lot of quick outs, like and like and like the same kind of like level of athleticism. Like he does not look fast to me at all. Like I don't know how what your feelings on Estrepo, but I didn't I did not see quickness out of him. No, I I haven't had the intestinal fortitude to click Miami's condensed games the last five weeks. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe you. <laughs> I can't believe you. Miami needs to put in a claim with the we're back department <laughs> because they are not back, dude. They're just not back. Yeah. Um, they've been terrible since with North Carolina, I think. Um, so it, it, the Tyler Van Dyke, like comeback was pretty fun while it lasted there. Like, you know, I was a fan. I, I'm ready to give it up. Oh yeah, I'm done. I'm so. But, you know, I'll, I even I gave I'll, him a little bump. I remember at the beginning of the season because I was like, "Same, oh, he's here." Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, no, no, ready, no. like, "Yeah, I told you guys he was legit." Like, you guys said I was wrong. You mocked him, ridiculed me. Like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, but no, we're done with no, that. So, we're done with that. Yeah. So, uh, Rochepo though was I think very excellent though. I don't know, dude. I guess I'm with you. I think he's a good slot, but like these last couple of weeks, I've not turned on a Miami film. They just look like they're falling apart at the seams. I just don't even want to watch it. Yeah, he just like he doesn't come off as a guy who's like crazy athletic to me. Like, like I'll give him credit for I think he has a good low center of gravity. You see him like bouncing off hits a lot. You see him like like breaking tackles, keeping his balance when he gets hit, which is good. Like maybe he's got a low a nice lower half. Like I gotta check he's out what his stocky. Yeah, like. he's yeah he's I, kind of I gotta check out if he's got the Xavier Leggett legs going on or whatever. But he seems like he has good good contact balance. But like. He again comes off as this type type of guy that's gonna have to be crafty, you're gonna have to win with with technique and like high coverage IQ, like knowing where to sit in zones and whatever. I'm just I'm not sure I saw enough of that from him anyways. Like he was almost there were some games I'll admit he was used more down the field, especially Tyler Van Dyke used him a little more downfield, but most of the stuff you just designed for him was was quick screens and quick outs and stuff like that. Like he's almost closer to a manufactured guy out of the slot than like somebody I really picture more like a pure soul. I pictured a little bit more dynamic than I pictured Restrepo's profile. I remember weeks ago, not sure anymore. The Miami was like using Colby young as like the short area guy and using Restrepo yeah. as like the deep guy. And I just think that should be reversed, but um, yeah. Uh, and then Roman Wilson, we didn't get to see him this past week. We need to see him like really step up against good competition too, as well. Just like just like Jamie McCarthy, we need to see a little bit more before we can give him like any serious projections for draft capital. But he's got speed. Like he's got speed. Restrepo's got like the yak, like bounce off ability. Pearsall's got the hands, and like Lad McConkey's got like the better route running. I think I can agree with that. I like like I like Roman Wilson's like athletic profile a lot. Like I think that's going to turn heads once it gets to. Once once it gets to the combine time, the like combine, you know, reported four uh, um, three, like like forty inch vert, like he's gonna turn heads that way. And then Michigan, like possibly in contention for like a national championship, if he has a big run down the stretch here, like yeah, yeah I think there's I think there's a there's a realm here where Roman Wilson gets a lot of hype heading into, but he's got he has the opportunity to. It all depends on what happens over the next couple of weeks because you know we have he's he's been dying down quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. These last couple weeks are really huge for just a select handful of schools. And we just talked about like Carson Beck, JJ McCarthy. But if either one of those guys goes on like an insane run, which could easily happen, I think, one like one or the other, 
I feel like one of the other has to come out to the draft. Like if, if Carson Beck just plays his best games, like the, like during the playoff series, like, right. Like, like he's got to come out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. They got uh, yeah. something in that. Ger- they got something in George over there. They're like they're, everybody's coming back. <laughs> Very loyal over there. Very loyal. <laughs> yeah. And, and very fast with their cars. Um, <laughs> going over to, to Jonathan Brooks, we talked about here at the news with the ACL tear. I just wanted like to get like your speculation. Like, do you think he leaves? Like, like I, I, I like I CJ know. Baxter's there. Are they going to push him out and be like, Hey, you're going to heal up enough, enough. Like in the all season, you should be good to go for the NFL. Like, I just think there's a, I think this is a long process ahead of him now because I think at this late in the season you turn your ACL you probably don't even get into an NFL or into back into a college game until like maybe the end of the year and then like what you're going to receive as ACL treatment in college is probably less than you'd receive like in the NFL if you go to the right places hype is pretty up there right now like I'm not a Jonathan Brooks guy but if I was Jonathan Brooks I think despite the ACL now I don't have to test now I don't have to do none of that stuff. I don't have to have anybody asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just has to go off of what I've put on tape and I have the ACL and I don't know. I think I would, I think I might just go get my ACL treatment in the NFL and take my chances there instead of coming back, having a slow year and just raising more questions about my profile than anything. Yeah, no, I I'm with you there. He doesn't, I don't think he comes back. Like I don't, I don't, I have no idea, but I'm, I'm guessing he has 0% chance of playing this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's I think like he's gotta cash in. He's gotta cash in. You can get the yeah. degree later, you gotta cash in now. I um, like I mean he's he's people's RB one right now, which is good because now it's like that's the lasting impression you got of him. He didn't have like a downward spiral, you have nothing like this. This is the kind of hype I think you wanna just go for it in the NFL. They can't blame him for adding for not adding more tape, you know? Like you can't, you know, no. he's, he's hurt. And if you're um, a, a big Jonathan Brooks guy, this is this is the kind of like thing maybe he falls a little bit or something like that. Like I don't know, maybe this this could be good for you if you're the Jonathan Brooks guy. I'm trying to I have plenty of jonathan brooks i'm trying to sell i'm trying to, like I, I actually got a little now, bit well now you're just now you're just look like an asshole he's like he, he, he wants this guy with an acl <laughs> i i actually have one roster with trevante citizen branson robinson and now jonathan brooks on it I think i'm holding all three uh all right yeah so anyway so we both think he goes out but what do you think he gets like drafted at? like there's no way he's like a second rounder coming off an acl right it's there's right no it's it's round three. I think that's where it is. Round three, you think? Even with the like so. untested, just round three. It's that's hard. Maybe it maybe it's round four because of the ACL. Yeah, I think I, I personally am of the opinion that I think the ACL guarantees that day two is out of the picture. I still think he should go though. Like I still think he should go. Yeah. Yeah. I keep saying this in the Slack, so I'm forcing it now. I don't know what to do with certain guys in my rankings. I'm talking about like Quinn Ewers and Dan and uh, Drew Oller. And I was talking to Colin a little bit about it. I think Colin got offended. <laughs> He's a Penn State fan, <laughs> but like I don't know what to do with Drew Oller in my rankings. I was trying to do like a rankings update. I think actually it was last night, or when you guys are listening, it'll be two nights ago. But like I can't sit here and like recommend someone take Drew Oller in the first two rounds of like a startup draft. Um, so I dropped him. I just didn't know how far to drop him because usually I do preach like Austin's draft strategy, like zero QB. Like unless you get like a top guy early, like you should just forsake the position towards like the end. Yeah. Um, which I think Drew Oller is almost in that category. And then I was watching the guys do the mock draft last week and then Austin like roasting them this week for it. Uh, but um, Co- Corey, where would you feel comfortable taking Drew Oller like in a startup? No, man. Like I've always been, I've always been kind of that team late quarterback as well. Like I think even like league record, yeah. I don't know how many, I, or I took freshman or like freshman early. And then I just like right. waited till the end. Like I got Connor Wegman at a great value. Like, yeah, you did. I think yeah. that's kind of, yeah. Like I, I think that's, that's kind of my way. Like I, I would love to get Duraller like in the fifth. That would ideally be where I'm going to take like my first quarterback in general, but I know he's going to go higher than that. Like I still think he has a lot of upside. I'm still kind of on Colin's side here where like, I still want to give him room for development. We've seen upside. We've seen downside. I understand that it hasn't been maybe what we hoped coming in. And like, it's hard to come in and just demand and be like all world right away. And especially with the weapons he has around him and everything he has going on around him and the, you know, some of the tougher defenses they're seeing over there in the Big Ten as well. But I just think, like, I think there's a lot. I mean, going back to the tools argument, but I do think there's a lot of tools here that 
that the NFL is going to love. And I do think that I'm still willing to give him more time. Like I still have him ranked as a top seven quarterback where I think, you know, and maybe I wouldn't take him as early as where people are going to take him or any quarterback as early as where people are going to take him. But I still think that that's, I, I have that those kind of hopes for him still. So I put him at QB 12 for everyone listening. I have Arch Manning in front of him for now, uh, but I got Quinn in front of him and Carson Beck. Um, and then behind him, I got Nico Malieva, Michael Penix, Devin Brown still hanging around. I don't know how long I'm going to keep that up. No, but so you, so you probably answered my question. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm so like one of the, one of the tough guys here that you have on the list, Dante Moore quarterback for UCLA. It's kind of had a shaky season a little bit, but you know, yeah, won us over by, 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 by starting. And, and, you know, we thought this was going to be just the trajectory to the sky. And then unfortunately it just kind of went downhill. Unfortunately, just maybe wasn't ready to, to, to play. Dude. So it's kind of hard. It, it's hard to place him exactly, but like the switch that I made, but I heard that I, where I heard where this guy was for you, but I was going to ask you where you had Nico, Yamilieva, but I have, I have Nico at eight right now in front of Dante Moore. Did you like the little flashes you saw against UConn this past weekend? I I did, and I also think he's just in a good situation where, yeah, like the thing with Dante Moore was like he's at UCLA, so even if like the offense wasn't set up to really be super productive from a fantasy standpoint, at least if you're looking at it from like a C two C Debbie aspect, whereas like at least if Nico or Dante both don't end up as Devi prospects. At least I'm getting, I'm probably going to get super high end production from Nico, which is one thing that I love, but I still think like he has so many interesting things and we can, I don't know how we can write him off like this early in, in the thing. I know he has a lot of things that we have to see work on, but he's such an interesting guy from a tool standpoint, dude, like, like unique, like unicorn in a sense. So it's like, I don't, I don't know why we have to remain so low on him all the like for, with, especially with the situation that he's in at Tennessee, because I think that's going to actually hide a lot of the things that we don't like about him. And it's going to work in his favor over there. Maybe that's not a great thing for the NFL actually, but still, I still, I still think that's good. It's going to make him look good over there. I am worried about that for the NFL. And you know what? You convinced me. I move Arch Manning down two spots below Drew Aller and Nico. Cause I don't, we're not going to see Arch Manning next year unless he transfers. No, um, exactly. Yeah. Also, do you see the news about going back to Dante Moore? Do you see the, not the news, the rumor that Chip Kelly's can get fired after the USC game. Yeah, I did. Uh, I I just saw that. Recently. I think you posted it actually. Like just as I was like yeah, logging on here, but yeah, so yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't like that. Might be might help you feel more confident about Dante Moore if you're getting rid of the head coach. I don't know. That yeah, maybe if the, and maybe I, someone can come in and kind of like. Or, bring a little bit more juice to that offense as well and work with him a little bit more. I mean, Chip Kelly was supposed to be known as kind of like a little bit of a quarterback guru, but didn't exactly work out that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I am scared of like the Spencer Rattlers and the DJUs of the world and all the disappointing <coughs> QBs. So like someone's coming for my Drew Aller shares. Like I'm open like Quinn Ewers too. Like I, they're not like, I feel like a year yeah. ago, like going preseason, they were like untouchable. They're like probably first, second round picks and there was some draft. I think I saw, but I think, I think there's a negotiable, a negotiable, negotiable, negotiable. Corey, help me out. Negotiable level. Is that what you're looking for? I don't know. I I think the price can be bargained. Yeah. <laughs> the price can be bargained. Oh, you're just confusing oh. me now. It's negotiable. I mean, that's where that's where it is. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I the well, I that was like me even in the off season, like with Quinn Ewers, just past off season. Like I was more than willing, I did sell him in a couple of uh, in a lot of leagues. I got I can't even remember what I got. I have to go look and see if it actually ended up as a good thing. But I know I got picks too that I'm gonna have to spend and see if that actually yeah, ends up as anything. But but I think feels, I think that's the general the general strategy with top quarterbacks in general is that moving off them is never a, like a super bad idea unless you've got the one that's like entering you know is entering like the first round next year. It feels good to get out of an asset before they depreciate. Like you feel like a you feel like a champion. Like a like for example, this past off season, uh, we were doing a supplemental uh, draft for the program, so it's depleted. I traded Jadon Blue for a fourth and a seventh, and the fourth round pick was Carson Beck. Like on the clock, like calling him up. I'm like, yo, here's here's Jadon Blue. He's like, I love Jadon Blue, and I'm like, yeah, I know you do. He- <laughs> <laughs> I hated his ass. And now yeah. I'm like sitting here like I feel great, dude. I feel great that I got Carson Beck plus for Jadon Blue. I gotta figure out what that seventh was. I'm gonna go back and look. But it, like, I can yeah, never I, feel- I can never get rid of those guys. So good on you for being able to because like those guys that like lose value, it's like nobody ever wants them. Or like even people people do they treat them like dirt. They're like, I'll give you like my last round supplemental. And I'm like, maybe, maybe. 
<laughs> he was like Drew Aller too. Like so, Quinn. Like Quinn, we've seen flashes of him. Like the Alabama game, phenomenal. Like through and through, we've seen his deep balls look good occasionally. Um, I think my FBI agent is listening to me through the computer because a Quinn Ewers highlight film popped up my YouTube recommended, and I clicked on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. Like he's he's like flashed. I don't. He's been really inconsistent. But like Drew Aller though, like all his passes this last weekend were like behind. They were late. Um. And I'm sitting here like, do I believe in the coaching staff to correct this? And the answer is no, I definitely don't. Like, uh, I remember that reporter, Matt, Matt Marooning brought it up on WDB talking about how like the dude just did, like, he like, no, we don't open up this offense. Like we don't do that. We don't just chuck the ball deep. Um, so I don't like, I don't, dude, I don't know about Drew Aller. Like, I, don't, I think I'd rather, I'd rather get out. I don't know. Probably try to target Malachi Nelson, offer a little plus for it. All right, I want to talk about some running backs, though. So, again, with the same theme of, like, I don't know what to do with these guys. Jan Miller. Jan Miller's getting some run lately. Uh, he looked fine, I want to say, like, two weeks ago. He looked pretty bad the last couple weeks. Justice Haynes got some run, too. He's looked pretty good. Um, Trey Benson, we've talked about during our mock draft show, so we'll talk about him. Uh, Barry and Brown, superb athlete. Devin Leary has not been as advertised for Kentucky. What are you doing, Barry and Brown, in your rankings? So right now, looking at my rankings, I've got Brown at 19, wide receiver 19. And I just think that he was obviously more of an athlete coming in. That was one of the things that we loved about him. Um, they used him in those manufactured touches last year. That's fine. He was very explosive that way. But it was like they tried to expand his usage this year. And I think that was a good thing. Like we wanted to, that's what we want to see from these guys is become more guys. This is one of the things I like about Troy Franklin is because he came in as an athlete. I think he kind of developed over all his years. We're not exactly seeing that in the second season from Barry and Brown. I think some of that is a little bit of Devin Leary as well. I don't think he was exactly what we expected coming to Kentucky. You know, he had that one great season that he's kind of living off of now. I just don't think there's anything special. And I don't think, I think he kind of held back this offense at times too, but it is notable that Barry and Brown hasn't succeeded in this new role that they've put him in, in a more expansive role, in more intermediate and deep routes, and really trying to act like a, as a wide receiver one. You know, I still think that he's a special talent that I'm willing to take at a certain point, which is why he's a top 20 debut wide receiver. But um, it's definitely a little bit disappointing given, given what we had expectations for from last year. I have him at 16. I've lowered him down from he peaked at wide receiver four for me in the offseason. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so like names behind him. I got like Eugene Wilson, Travis Hunter, uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Brown, Clemson freshman, Deuce Robinson at 20, and then and then Matthew Golden at 21, who's also been disappointing. We should probably talk about him too, honestly. But uh, the Kentucky offense has been disappointing. Um, yeah, so I don't really know if all of it's really his fault. I really haven't been able to like study his film that much. But yeah, there wasn't really a step forward this year so far. And then with Matthew Golden too, I don't know if, is he hurt right now? He only played five snaps this last week. No, he didn't not listen to my news again, man. He just had season-ending <laughs> surgery on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's he's been dealing with that foot all season. I think we got to give him a little bit of leeway on that. We little, that's my like, that's my view on it at least. We're about to get into the portion of the season where we speculate like transfer portals and stuff. I don't feel like high end names hit the portal last year, so I don't like want to sit here and be like, "Oh yeah, all these studs need to go hit the portal." Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. So if you knew that Travis Hunter was for sure going to be a wide receiver, let's just say we know he's going to be a wide receiver, he's entering the wide receiver. Do you want Travis Hunter? Or do you want Barry and Brown? I want Travis Hunter, hundred percent. If I knew yeah, that today. So I- I have him in front right now, so that's what I was wondering. If I knew that today, yeah, I'd move him up to probably like 12. Yeah, so I have Travis Hunter obviously in front of him right now. Like, I, I guess I'm ranking him as more of a wide receiver or whatever. I've got Devontae Walker in front of him, Keon Coleman in front of him. So I'm a little bit worried about, you know, where, where his trajectory is headed. But um, I still like him at least. I, I like the mold of him. He's he's beat the year one zeros. Let's see where it goes a little bit. But but definitely worth at least a couple drops in the uh, in the rankings. Absolutely. Um it's this time of year. It's this time of year where I go try to find the next group of Mike's misfits. <laughs> uh, so far, so far, 100% Chase Brown's on that list of KSU. Um, and then also uh, Marquise Johnson from Missouri. Not on the sheet. Sorry, I'm a little ambushing here. Like He's kind of interesting because his his uh, small sample size is like really gaudy given the uh, snap count. Kind of a deep threat. He's kind of like the SEC version of like Eric Singleton. Waiting to see if he can do more, but like definitely a verified, like really good deep threat. 
for Missouri. Um, but I want to talk about tonight true freshman running back Abu Sama the third running back for Iowa State here. Uh, five foot 11, 200. He holds his state's record, hasn't been broken for like I think 30 or 40 years, but he holds the state record for longest long jump of 2410. Um, and then uh, and he also won his state championship too, as well. Uh, he rushed for 376 yards and six touchdowns in Iowa's state championship for for high school football. He's put on about 20 pounds this offseason because he was listed at 180 on 24/7 Sports, but he's listed at 200 on the Iowa State website. And I think he actually looks 200 to me too. He also got a little bit of bad weight. Kind of saw that during a touchdown celebration, but um. Like no big deal to me. I, I like that he recognizes that he needs to add this weight to like perform at the next level. Saw some clips of him. Like he's got some really nice start stop ability for a running back. Like I I like that a lot. And I, I'm really excited about him as a running Like that's that's special. Like, I think lateral agility is kind of like the elite trade for running backs. So you can run down the middle with power. I think that's like almost baseline for starting running backs. But like that lateral agility with the start stop, like he's got it. He has that trade on. Yeah, no, you posted that quick the uh, that clip you had from Twitter there on on thing, and that was the first thing I noticed. Good stop start ability, and that's really like when it comes to running backs. You know, it's like some of the reasons why I, lo- I loved Marshawn Lloyd so much. It's one of the reasons I loved DeAndre Swift so much because I think he has that a lot too, and um, really impressive. I did wonder, you know, after when I looked up his prospect profile and seeing that he was one eighty, then and that's probably the reason that we don't necessarily pay attention a lot. I mean, once we see one eighty listed at a running back, it's probably like I would have never clicked on him. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, we will. We'll never click on a guy that like that so <laughs> um if, so if you, good to see you, that he's uh, up to 200 yeah sorry if you the average weight gain that uh chris moxley did like a study was like 15 pounds that eliminates everyone's sub 185 i'm not clicking on that profile yeah exactly so even even if it is a little bit bulky right now we still you bulk up to trim down right that's that's generally what it is so he'll, he'll hopefully um settle out a good weight uh, going forward but definitely a guy that i gotta get a good look at he, he broke out what was the stat line last game I think it was like eight for like 110 and like one. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Yeah. And I, any receiving work in that too. So I did, but definitely, I mean, we just saw Brees Hall come from there. We just saw David Montgomery come from there a while ago. So definitely a place that, that sometimes uh, produces some NFL talent at the running back position. So for receiving work, he's five for 37 on the year. He's got seven targets. So he's getting some of that. It's negative dot, but it's also Iowa state. Like, I don't know if they even can throw downfield, uh, but yeah. Uh, eight for one at one ten and two. He had two touchdowns. So he's averaging six point six yards per carry on the year. Small sample size, like you know, it's forty nine attempts. Um, but he is like leading true freshman in yards after contact. Just saying, small small sample sizes though. You know how that game is. You know how that game is. You're, yeah. You're gonna move <laughs> on that. The Trey um, Benson game. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, he's flashed, you know. And we've been like, Everyone wants the next Iowa State running back. You know, it's David Montgomery, it's Brees Hall. Uh, Phil Steele had people believing it was going to be Cartavius Norton there for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's Agu Sama. Um, I really do. Agu Sama the third. I think I dude. I'm I'm pretty pumped about this one. Pretty pumped. Uh, I asked the Slack. I asked the guys in the Slack some questions. Just want to see if they had anything they wanted to discuss here. Like, so I didn't really want to call it like a mailbag episode. Although after I asked him, I thought about maybe maybe we should have. Made this a mailbag episode for the Discord. But uh mm. we got asked by uh Michael Nelly. Uh is ja- is Ashton Genty a legit Devi asset? Um I talked about him during the Devi guide process last uh last the, the, this last offseason. I think he's a legit NFL pass catching running back. I'm just trying to understand a little bit more what he offers on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't think he's like an elite runner. Like I, is he in the same bucket as like Jaden Ott and Will Shipley? Like I think, I think he's better than Will Shipley. I don't know if he's better than Jaden Ott though. Uh, so I, I, I don't know to what level of a runner he is. I never thought he was superb, like upper echelon. Like, but I don't know if it's like you don't want him running. Yeah, like I think with his with some of the stuff he's done, with some of the efficiency he's had too. Like I, I really liked a lot of what I saw, and I was actually a guy who was kind of slow to come around on Ashton Genty a little bit, but he's actually creeped up into, I think my thirties for my running backs. Um, you know, I, I even talked to you about this a little bit. Like I can't remember if it was a while ago, but it, like if I was smarter, cause everybody asks this question, like, is, is this guy a legit Debbie asset? Is this guy like a legit Debbie asset? Like, like I always had the idea to make like some kind of, 
cognitive app or something. If anybody's smart out there and, and wants to brain uh, fund this, you can, please reach out to me. But like the general idea that they're to find out if a guy could be a Debbie asset and it just like spit it out for you. Like you'd, you'd enter a name and then it like in this program, you'd set thresholds, you know, like power fivers, G5, production metrics, if they have them, if they aren't receiving or if they aren't freshmen, like uh, efficiency, recruiting rankings, all the weight values, all that stuff and spit out a percentage. So like if we're looking at Ashton Genty in this sense, like this, he would check a size box. He's 5'9", 210 pounds listed like that. So that's a check high efficiency production in the receiving game and as a rusher. So that's the check. And I looked at his chart, like where it's all like separated, like through a chart. He, he rushes, like he, he's not like just an outside rusher. He's not whatever. I need to watch more film on him, but at least from looking at that, he's not just like an outside rusher or anything. So, it's not, so I like to see that he's, he's using multiple facets of the line right there. Good receiving profile, good athleticism from what I can tell, like nothing verified, but good athleticism from what I can tell. But then you're dealing with the bad side of the profile where like he's a G5 player and he's a low level recruit. Right. So, if there was an app like I had, like maybe this app would spit out to you, Genty is a 55% Debbie asset, a 45% CFF asset. And that's kind of generally where I think he kind of is. It, it would be more in general terms, but I do think like for him, a transfer up to the power five would be huge for him. Like uh, I'm a little bit worried about the weight too. Like if it's a little bit generously listed, you know, I mean, he might be more like five, nine, two five or something like that. But I think he has the receiving upside to at least make the NFL, like you're saying, like at least has a future as a receiving back in the NFL. I just do think, you know, with the way the NFL is trending with running backs and everything, he's, he's likely a day three selection, no matter like what he kind of does for himself at this point, unless he just like goes somewhere like, and has like a monster season, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's really in the cards for him at this point. So uh, he was like, as far as recruit level goes, he's a, he's a military brat. So he followed his father over to Italy and played football in Italy, I think, okay, like his yeah, yeah. freshman, sophomore year. So he was kind of like one of those like late guys to 24-7 sports. Right, right, right. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like his size go, I think his size is legit. I don't have it pulled up. I want to say it's like five foot eight, 200. I think he's got like a maxed out frame, though. And then as far as his athleticism, I think the team had him at like 20.5 miles per hour. Could have been a little slower than that. Definitely not faster. So he wasn't like a top athlete coming out either. Which is kind of like my issue too. We we did talk about like a Martin Hampton episode. We probably could have. Like guys that I've been thinking about lately. Yeah, like Martin yeah. Hampton definitely isn't like like that dude's got no burners. Like he's not. <laughs> he's Chase Brown esque to me. Like the way his like footwork yeah. is is very good. Four like, four, four six Chase Brown isn't that what he ran? I was so surprised by that. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I ain't worried about Genty's ceiling. Um. Anyway. Uh. I think he's a Debbie asset. I agree with Corey. Day three guy. I think he's at a minimum a pass catching option. So you're kind of hoping for a little bit more there. Um, definitely a committee guy. Okay, now the question posed by Colin here. We're expecting to lose a lot of good wire series in this draft class this year. Very true. I think it's a deep class. Mm-hmm. What does the landscape look like next year? Anyone you think could be a surprise rises this offseason once the class clears out? And we get to watch slash dive into the next crop. I feel like this is kind of a sneak peek at next year's Debbie guide. Um, did you have any like answers off the top of your head right away, Corey, to this question? Well, I think obviously right at the top, we're going to have like, you know, I think like your Luther Burden is probably yeah, like one, one or two. Evan Stewart right there. Zachariah Branch, Carnell Tate. Um, the one guy that I think is actually in this conversation, I think after my rankings clear out, is I think Tech McMillan is going to be like a top six or seven wide receiver in this class. I think that's my first takeaway, which is kind of a surprise, but I think that's where he is for me. Yeah, I like the call on Tech McMillan. I have him right now at 11, so I think he's probably also a top five or six guy I think when stuff clears out. As far as like surprises go, um, I, I'm still in on like Will, Antonio Williams and, and uh, Tyler Brown. Like I don't think William, Williams is hurt right now, and I also think K. Club is a terrible QB, so I don't think it's like bad for him. As far as like surprise riders going up, like Jeremy Bernard, I know like Austin was kind of toting that last year. It's been I've got one down here. Too. I think that's a good one. Yeah, Jeremy Bernard. Like if if Polk leaves, I think he should, and then like obviously the whole RC room's leaving. The whole quarterback's leaving, but you still have the system in place. Um, but if Bernard should slide in as number one there, most likely. As far as like surprise guys goes, I, I this is just a thought because this is open discussion. I, I've been trying to find tape on Elijah Sarat, the JMU uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, St. Francis. So he came from where Makai Jackson. I was told him last year. Uh, seeing him from the same school as Makai Jackson, but he's he's the one that scored touchdowns, and Makai Jackson only got all the yards. 
Uh, so anyway, true freshman at the FCS level, roughly 700 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. And then this year for JMU, um, he's got 850 yards and four touchdowns. But over the last three weeks, 170 yards against UConn, 87 yards against Georgia State, and 139 yards against Old Dominion. His yards per route run has been 2.1 as a true freshman, 2.95 as a sophomore with serious playing time. Like this isn't like small sample size stuff. He's got six foot two, 207 actual size. Mm-hmm. Contested catch rate, eight out of ten. His like regular catch rate, 85.7%. Like I, I want to watch this guy. I don't I'm starting to find JMU being one of those GM, like the one of those G5 schools that like Strong. Makes reliable guys like Antoine Wells, I think, came from JMU to uh, to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like how we, or at least how I like viewed SMU there for a couple years, like and Cincy. Like, there's just some G five schools that have it together. Um, WKU, I guess you can also say them too. But anyway, I, I think uh, I want to look at Elijah Sherrod. That's a guy I think could be a riser. Yeah, I think in most cases when we're talking about G5 guys in general, just in a general term, we want to see them absolutely be destroying their competition at G5. Yes. Like I'm I'm up, right? So that's what we want to see. So it's good to see high contested catch rate. He's doing all those things that we want to see and hopefully continues to grow on it. So definitely a guy that I want to take a look at too. And and I want them to do it early. I don't want them to do it as like fifth year guys. Like they got to do it early. Yeah, so I mean, so at least on the right track, he's put himself on there for now. Anyways, I did have Jeremy Bernard written down as Washington as well with that system there. A couple guys that I think are at least interesting. Some have broken out a little bit this year, but some people I think are still a little bit quiet on them. I don't see a ton of buzz on them on Twitter. Um, Eric Singleton, freshman wide receiver at Georgia Tech. I th- I know Georgia Tech isn't somewhere that we yeah. always look, but he's looked really good over the past couple of weeks. Or I think he's going to be a name that could rise. Uh, London Humphreys over at Vanderbilt as well. Really interesting size speed profile. And again, I know at Vanderbilt, it's kind of a whatever, but that's what keeps these guys under the radar. That's why I think there's kind of a surprise. A guy that we've also been talking about a lot over the past couple of weeks, like Ayomanor, a, a or how the hell you say that last name? Ayomanor, a Ayomanor. Ayomanor, come on. Yeah, like I think, I think he, he could definitely be a sneaky riser next year. Like I think he, there's a lot of trade about his game that I like um, and that translate to the NFL, especially the physical aspect. We just have to see him develop more. But the way he's broken out this year, the way Ashton Daniels, especially if he continues to be the quarterback, just has eyes for him. Like I was watching their game last week or, or two weeks ago, whatever. He just throws it up to him like constantly. He'll be like covered. He just constantly throws it up to him, just trusting him to do it. So he's going to get opportunity there. I want to see that. And then a, a little bit deeper, a little bit lower, a guy who flashed a little bit at the beginning of the season, Noah Thomas at uh, Texas A&M as well. Very interesting guy that I kind of want to keep an eye on to just see going forward but at least a list there of, of guys kind of on the watch list for me uh my smith fits are usually a list of guys that just lose <laughs> with you. um but one guy i think i'm still interested in is chris bell the local <laughs> wide receiver <laughs> i'm just being honest bro i'm being honest um <laughs> Look, Louisville has a great system. They got Jeff Brown there. Uh, Jamari Thrash is thriving. He should probably leave with this next draft class. Uh, a lot of people like Kevin Coleman more. If I pull up Kevin Coleman's stats, I think he's actually been losing snaps, and he's only had, like, one good game. Mm-hmm. But, like, Chris Bell has been, like, the consistent guy. Uh, so, as far as, like, being the consistent number three, yeah. Chris, yeah, Kevin Coleman last three weeks, 10, 5, and 8 snaps played. So, I don't think he's the future of that program. Now I'm going to watch for transfers in. I think Jeff Brom's not afraid of transfer portal. And uh, with all these, like this massive vacuum, because there is a lot of good wide receivers leaving. Like this is going to be, I think a little bit more exciting of a transfer portal year. Cause it just has so much more opportunity compared to prior years. Um, but I think still think Chris Bell is worth looking at as far as a guy to take a step up next year. I'd like that Eric Singleton call, by the way. Um, anybody else Corey, before we wrap it up? I'm good, man. I got a little bit of connection issues, so I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, I did want to make one quick announcement here. Um, the Devi Marketplace, a a show that's been long in this space. It's um, they're shutting down after four years. It's just they've just gotten too busy with it. You can find their announcement on Twitter. But I what I wanted to say is that they are going to do a live stream for their final episode on the 20th of November. You can find it on their Twitter at Devi Marketplace. If you just Twitter search Devi Marketplace still pop up. And I think I think it would be really great for anyone that wants to go and show their support for one last ride from these guys. Like these guys do great content. Uh Nelly's a part of this group. Nelly's a part of us now here at Campus to Kin. Um, so 
they're doing a live show and you'll hear Felix probably 25 in the off season going off on rants about this industry and just how much turnover there is and how hard it is to find consistency. And, and anyway, he goes through all that stuff. This show has been around for four years. And I think, I think it'd be awesome for everyone to show their support for Kane, Shane and Nelly over the Debbie marketplace to listen to them live on YouTube, 9 PM Eastern time, 8 PM central time on November 20th. And guys, that wraps it up tonight. From Corey and from Mike, good night and good luck.